Get ready to be dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another amazing episode of Dazed and Infused. Today, we are very fortunate to have Shauna Vercher here with us. She's the executive producer and host of the Fearless Voice Network and the Green Rain Media. Welcome to the show, Shauna. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Latham. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And before we get off with our first question, um, let's just talk about, um, first off, uh, Green Rain Media, because that is kind of in the, the subject matter here on totally. and, and Infused. Um, why don't you tell the people at home what Green Rain Media is? So Green Rain, which is R-E-I-N-E, which is French for Queen, came about in a, in a funny way because in certain countries when I was dealing with cannabis legislation, men would not meet with me. <laughs> so we got cute and came up with the company Green Rain. And so, haha, I trick. Um, and then it evolved when we realized that there was so much storytelling that needed to happen in cannabis before this legislation had a chance of getting through. So it is a media outlet dedicated to telling the story of the cannabis industry. Wow, that's amazing. And it's well needed right now, especially how it's really, really starting to pop all across the country in different ways, shapes and forms. Um, so definitely need to hear more about that. So your mission really is to get the word of cannabis out there. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. But also to not just get the word about it. I think people are talking about it, but we definitely want to humanize the storytelling, right. make it more relatable. There's an everyday fight in this extraordinary story that I think people will relate to. And then also to myth bust, right? There's so many people spreading bad information. Some of it accidentally or just because they grew up thinking that they knew about it. So we're really out there trying to share and amplify other people's stories as well. That's great. I love that. And it's in keeping with your other work for a fearless voice network as well, where you're advocate for certain social causes and things like that. So it really is an, a kind of tight circle from your work experience. Yeah, absolutely. There is no discussion about cannabis without talking about the access to political work and making sure that everyone's voices are heard at the table. You can't have the conversation about cannabis without talking about access to wellness and right. good health care. Um, income inequality, access to communities of color, access for women. And the beautiful thing about cannabis is it's a backdrop, again, for so many stories we can all relate to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's start off then on the not biographical question, but the question I ask every one of our guests to start the show. What is your historical relationship to cannabis? I mean, how did you get here? Was it just because you were wedged in this position? You thought it was a great subject matter or do you have a personal relationship with cannabis? I do have a deeply personal relationship with cannabis. I actually was recovering, still am. It's an ongoing struggle with PTSD from having a very public ordeal with a stalker. And Ooh. it was extremely traumatizing. And in addition to that, I struggle very openly. I discuss endometriosis. And in Florida at the time, it had not been legalized even medically. So I would go to Colorado, stay with friends just to rest and not feel pain for a little while. 
And at first it was about recovery, but then I started getting angry. Why doesn't everyone have access to this relief? Why am I being prescribed these crazy narcotics that give me so many side effects when this option is available? And then once I learned about the social justice side of cannabis, I was hooked, so to speak, on just making it a a big part of my life and dedicating some of my platform to make sure that more people heard the stories surrounding it. So as a corollary to that is my next question was, what's your inspiration for getting into cannabis work? And obviously, I think it is um, your prior background and all the other things you've done. But I do know that you've you had an interview with uh, Andrew and Steve D'Angelo recently, I believe both of them. And the last prisoner project, obviously, uh, Andrew's been on the show here, and um, that's really great work. What he, those guys are doing, especially, you know, um, Steve himself could be very bitter about, you know, all the arrests and all the problems. That guy has just persevered through it all, and Andrew's been right there with him, you know, and getting this um, unjust thing rectified and so that's a really positive thing and i know um you've talked to him and has that been an inspiration for you um, absolutely with and the to project your point, to, to your point about andrew and steve both not only are they have they persevered but they're just so open-hearted and it was that open-heartedness and generosity and mentorship that they've both been very kind to share with me as someone who's relatively new in the cannabis community and also they during the, pan- the height of the pandemic, prior to where it was really safe for them to travel, they are- asked our team and entrusted us to film the release of Richard DeLisi, the longest mm. serving cannabis prisoner in America. And so right. our crew went there to film the release. We're going to be showing a lot of that footage. We let the family, of course, have it first and celebrate that time home with him quietly. But they've just been there every step of the way, guiding, openly sharing, introducing, connecting. And Steve has publicly said how big of a part of this platform he has supported and continues to endorse and, and mentor. So I find that while it is extraordinary, it's also in the cannabis community, not rare. Unlike other industries, to your point that I've worked in, this is a very open-hearted community. And while Andrew and Steve are definitely amazing individuals, they are not unique in how warm they have been to welcome us. That's amazing. And it is true. This is a good, warm community. Uh, There are some sore points on the big big uh, tech and big uh, business coming into it, but that's another story for another show. Um, With your current thing um, that you've got shooting right now, and that's currently, it's called uh, Cannabis Empire and you're in production. And I, you know, in one of your little snippets here, I see proudly uh, Lori and Mary Jane, there, go fudge yourself there. And I'm the proud distributor of their product. So much. (laughs) Lori and Mary are so amazing. If you haven't had a chance to get to know them (laughs) as humans, please find a reason to do so. Also, doesn't hurt that Lori is just one of the most gifted cannabis chefs I've ever been introduced to in my lifetime. And yeah, they were kind enough to participate and we're still filming around the country. And as we have the go ahead, we're going to be able to venture out into other countries. And we're producing this story called Cannabis Empire, where we take people behind the scenes and introduce them to other awesome people in the space. That is super cool. And I hope to have Lori on our Hanukkah Christmas show talking about baking, cooking and all things cannabis. So look for that show coming up. And this is a good place to segue into Lori and Mary Jane's. They're delicious treats and they make uh, cakes, all the almond cake. They also make their 
traditional brownie cake. They also have many flavors of their fudge and you could find them in dispensaries around California and Oregon too, if you're in Oregon and they're proudly called go fudge yourself. So look for Lori and Mary Jane's in a dispensary near you. Um, you know, uh, my question always is to within the boundaries of cannabis, right? This is a weird industry. It's not normal in any way, shape or form. And I think one (laughs) of the big things that I constantly hear from everybody is everything changes every day. Nothing stays the same, right? I mean, it's just, it's almost crazy sometimes to me how much things change. Um, What have you discovered or learned in the cannabis world from your film work? What, what, what is your takeaway from that? Well, I thought that a number of things could possibly prepare me for this, this particular initiative. I'm, I'm from a farming community in the South. My grandfather was originally a farmer. So I thought I'd be connected in that way, which that is a connection. I thought I'd be connected with the social justice side, which of course I am. But for me, it's the crisis management part of my background that Mm. really I, feel such a a kindred spirit with so many people in cannabis, because to your point, it's constantly adjusting, constantly innovating, and just constantly rolling with the punches because it it could be industry-related, legislative, normal business stuff that goes wrong. I mean, the list goes on and on. And for me, the biggest thing that I think that has surprised me is, and that I feel like I hope that I've learned, is to take those setbacks, not in a negative way, but reaching out to each other and say, hey, this is what I learned. Um, This can save you some headaches over here. Like, oh yeah, we went through that. Openly discussing failures, that doesn't happen in most industries. Sharing trade secrets openly definitely doesn't happen in most industries. So I hope that I've picked up on more of those open traits and those resiliency points, but I also hope other industries are paying attention. This is why this is growing so fast. Yes, it's cannabis and it's amazing, but it's the people driving that growth. Yeah, and it is. uh, I I find your comment about the trade secrets, you know, sharing trade secrets kind of funny because most people in this business realize that you do something proprietary and it's a shit ton of work. I mean, it's just (laughs) it's just brutal, you know, and. I mean, I learn lessons every day and I, I mean, we make an agave product today and I just got bad news that we, one of our products just won't work. So we've oh, no. switched gears and went into another that our backup plan, you know, Resiliency, and, and right. that, that happens. But I don't mind sharing those stories because my, I'll tell someone else is like, you want to try this? <laughs> Feel free. Let me know if you have success. Because <laughs> Here's my notes. Good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so. Just as a filmmaker, um, I like to get deep into you as a person, you as um, a filmmaker. Who, who are you inspired by as a filmmaker? Uh, it's going to sound really cheesy, but I, I really am truly inspired by the legend of Walt Disney and Roy Disney and their their partnership and relationship. I read as much about that as I can. It's not just because I'm in Florida and grew up idolizing that side of things, but also he was so openly ridiculed and mocked about what couldn't happen And, you know, this, whether you side with how they are as a corporation and a billion dollar entity now or not, we can't argue with the fact that he took drawings and thoughts in his head and completely changed an entire industry. So I look to people like that, who, who someone says, this is not possible. And they're like, oh yeah, watch me. And then go surround themselves with equally talented people like he did with Roy to help 
bring their talent forward because you can't be good at everything and be everywhere. And I think yeah. all of us, we kind of suffer from that, either listening to the negativity or saying, okay, fine, then I'm just going to go it alone. And neither one of those is helpful. Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to live up here in Marin County. I actually live in the hometown of George Lucas and I see George around town. Um, I saw him a lot more before COVID. And I also have had the pleasure of knowing many, many people in that community here of uh, their kids go to my kids' schools and that kind of thing um, in the um, extreme amount of talent on every level from set dressers to the set builders to the, the editors, the gaffers, everybody, it, they're all super talented. So I love your answer because gosh, what Walt Disney is an amazing character and he brought, look, look what he brought to the world. I mean, <laughs> pretty happiness. Incredible. That's what he wanted to do. You know, and, and at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do just in a little bit of a different way. <laughs> right. So, so that it goes back to the, the inspiration for getting into cannabis work and the documentary work. Did you feel that there was a void there? like a void of the storytelling not being told? I know we kind of touched on a little bit, but do you feel it was just like this black hole that wasn't being addressed? Well, I'm a bit of a workaholic. Aside from very small few priorities that come above my work, like my daughter, if I'm not doing something with that, I am working, reading, consuming, learning. I love learning new things. And right. I was horrified at how educated I try to be, how open-minded I try to be when we were doing pre-production for what we thought would be one special episode. Ha ha. Um, I was just shocked by how much I didn't know. And I kept saying, how do I not know this? How have I never heard this? How do I not know this? And right. so, you know, I went back to my production team. I was like, this is not one episode of one tiny little segment of one tiny state ballot initiative. This is an entire world that we have not done justice towards, we have not amplified appropriately. And I wanna at least, as they'll allow me to be a guest in their home, so to speak, do my best to try to rectify that. Yeah, and I think um, the stories you're telling are really important, especially right now with um, other states coming online, right? And all of these things, because I'm on a number of executive calls where we talk about the industry and we talk with people from out of state, we talk all over um, the, the subjects. I'm always kind of blown away by the amount of enthusiasm from some people, especially like in New York and new burgeoning states where they are so enthusiastic and they're just like, man, this is going to be amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, this is 2017 all over again for me. And I just, I remember the enthusiasm. I remember everything. And then the hard work started. And then, you know, what other, the other thing that started happening, um, and I'm sure you're, you're reflecting on this in Cannabis Empire, is there's a lot of things that happen with regard to personal relationships in cannabis, right? In terms of like, you start out friends. I had friends from college that I was in business with and, and it just didn't work, you know? And it's kind of yeah. sad, but it is business. And that's kind of where it's at. You know? There's a phrase that someone else used called coming out cannabis. And I started adopting that phrase. There really is that coming out cannabis phase for many of us. And even for me, I, I kind of pulled you know, the parents of my daughter's friends aside and say, Hey, you're about to read this heads up. If you have any questions, I'm very open to that. Mm -hmm. um, luckily she's older. So we didn't have as many difficulties as some people do. And you're right to your point. It is 2021. It's a lot different than the people that truly were the pioneers. Um, but how many banks have we been kicked out? Quite a few, you know, we, we've been kicked out of several banks. How many um, business boards really don't think it's a good idea that I serve on that nonprofit anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, it's not a Delisi family waiting for over 30 years to have a loved one released from prison. It's not 
countless families of color having their lives upended because of unjust legislation. I mean, the list, you know, countless business owners not being able to legally operate or get financing because we're hopefully changing that. So every time I get really frustrated or negative or snippy or whatever about all of that, then I just think bigger picture, bigger picture. This is a reminder of why this work is important. If it was easy, I wouldn't be doing it. Right, right. Well, and I want to give a free shout out here to my new bank, my third or fourth bank. Um, that's Key Point Credit Union here in California. They've been great to me and their onboarding was amazing. So if you're looking for a good bank for your cannabis enterprise, look up Key Point Credit Union. They've been great. And I really appreciate it. Don't their, we love our banks? Support. Isn't that something you never had before cannabis where you literally love your bank? <laughs> Yeah, I even got a toaster from him. I'm just kidding. I didn't get a toaster. I, I hug my banker. I take her out for drinks because it is such a pleasure to not be judged and ridiculed to do this work. <laughs> no, it's 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 a tough one. That's uh, the banking whole thing. It's like if if anything could help this industry, it's passed the Safe Banking Act into actual law. Make make this change. Make bring revenue to the entire country in terms of uh, tax dollars. Also, we need some state tax reform. So if you if any state legislature um, people are listening to me, look at this beast you've done. This taxes are onerous. And I'm going to say it like I've said on so many programs, this is taxation without representation. You should be ashamed of yourselves. And when we ask the people in the legal industry to crack down on the cartels coming up and doing weed illegally here in the country. We expect action. This is not something that you just get money, tax money for free. This is a quid pro quo. And that was beaten to death during the Trump era. But this is truly, you have to do something for us because we're paying the taxes. And not only are we paying taxes, we're paying a shit ton of taxes. This is not a cheap enterprise. And so many people have had a problem surviving because of the tax load on them. So number one, get out there and support your local dispensary. Number two, pay, so, pay those taxes. And number three, get on the phone, get on your email, get on text and, and let your state legislators or Congress people know, reform this tax structure. So this industry convergence. So that's my little soapbox there. So It's very important. Yeah, I mean, policymakers also need to be educated about cannabis, right? They're voting and passing and regulating a process that they don't truly understand in a business and an industry that they don't understand. And on the flip side of that, I'm hoping that part of what we can accomplish through this initiative is helping the cannabis community learn some of the political tricks of the trade so that they can become stronger allies for themselves. Because one thing about the kindness of the cannabis community is it can be mistaken for weakness. And so we really need to flex a muscle a little bit and show just how strong yeah. and unified this community can be to force some of that change to happen. I think we're seeing the beginnings of that movement now, especially I got something from um, the, the, the Daily Wire or something today. I was a news blast it's about um, cannabis advocacy group that is actively legislating or um, pushing through their agenda in in Washington, D.C., but it's only about five big companies. Right. And they're all trying to do their thing and make rules for themselves. And obviously, the the way politics work in this country is you shoot for the highest thing you possibly can and then bargain down. So they're just trying to make a big niche for themselves and become like a monopoly in, in all the states. So please, um, with people at home, if you are in a dispensary, look for small brands like Buddy's Chocolates or Bad Mommy or Tricom Productions or the pharmaceutical companies and look for them at, at a new dispensary like the Leaf and Thousand Oaks. 
Find those brands that you can identify with. Look up their stories. Look at their websites. Look at their Instagram. Find out who these people are and support them. Because if you only want Cura Leaf products, you only want uh, PV, you only want these, you know, these things on Rove or whatever. Fine, that's what you're going to end up with. End up with, and that's not a good thing. Choice is good. We've all learned about choice recently and bad decisions in Texas and a whole bunch of stuff. Choice is the way. And if you go to these big monopoly brands, you're not going to have a choice. So anyway, more soapbox crap. Uh, has, has your work within Canvas made you hopeful for the entire new industry? Like hopeful, like truly, like you feel that there's a, a upwelling. I do think that it's a possibility. I have concerns and, and part of that is helping to unify and empower the smaller business players that are already on the scene Mm-hmm. Um, with the tools and the education and kind of, again, the behind the curtain maneuvering that's required to strengthen them. I don't think that it's going to happen on its own. I, I do think no. to your point, we are in a country where money talks in politics. And what's amazing to me is that an industry that is so lucrative is so openly disrespected politically still. It's, there is nothing like that anywhere else in any other industry or even no. nonprofit advocacy organizations. So I feel like collectively getting together and learning to really bargain with the purchasing power, job creation power, taxation revenue power. That is a skill set that I really frantically want the industry to understand. But overall, I feel like the more that people really understand this, it's such a big open space. I don't feel like we've got this inch deep of a marketplace of clients and there's not room for everyone. There is room, but to your point, they have to be able to exist as small businesses to have a fair shot to capture any marketplace. And that's fairly regulating people, making sure they have, you know, an access to licensing that's reasonable, making sure they're not swallowed up by big monopolies or investors that don't really know what they're talking about in the space. The list goes on and on. So is there a lot of work to be done? Yes. But do I see it going the way of like alcohol after prohibition where you had three or four families and that was all she wrote? No, I I think that the advocates and small businesses in the space and even some of the larger organizations and companies that are getting involved socially, they're not going to allow that to happen. We need a couple more people like Stephen Andrew D'Angelo to get in there and really be advocates for the farmer and be advocates for um, the, the dispensaries, the distributors, all of it. We need advocates on all of these fronts. Um, and also one of the big things of bugaboo for me right now is an, a good friend of mine, um, Bill Rafferty, who is the uh, CEO of the Wyatt Group. He's actively uh, trying to get a commodities platform going for, for flour to set a baseline floor um, for the futures market so that farmers don't have to worry about what they're selling for every year. People don't understand in the macro uh, so for you at home, you can correct me and send me an email, but the macro of this is if there was a futures and commodities market for cannabis that could actively be traded, the farmer then could rely on futures being bought for their future crops and they set what's called a floor. So it won't sell below a certain level that will give sustainability to these farms. It will give um, life to all of these farmers and it will continue this good effort. So really, you know, if you hear about anything like this and you can participate, look for it, look for Wyatt Industries out there and and see um, if, you know, you can help support this effort. So if you see futures offered, trying to take a look at them. Um, 
In terms of your series, The Cannabis Empire, what can people expect from the series? What, what's the, the global takeaway? Well, I hope, first of all, that they root for this industry, even if they are not part of it yet and they consider themselves spectators or kind of curious. I hope that they look at the men and women that we're profiling. And to your point, we've made a concerted effort and built an entire business model around including those smaller businesses and entrepreneurs and innovators and experts, not just the big brands that can write a big check and have everything be about them. And I want for them to meet these men and women and say, oh, I, that happened to me. I might not be in cannabis, but I relate to having to change my job because of an injury or a loved one being really sick and desperately looking for alternatives. That feels like something I could go through. And I feel like if we can connect to people in that way, then that will be a huge tipping point legislatively and for the industry, because we've got to take the judgment out. And there's generations of negativity just beaten into our society of this is wrong, this is bad, this is a sin, you know, this is taking. And instead, cannabis is the opposite, is the most giving industry, but also the most giving plant that we've ever come across. And we just really need need for the rest of the world to see that. Yeah, I cannot emphasize your point more than to say on so many episodes, I've said the plant is something that was given to us by God or whoever you believe in, uh, Mother Earth, whatever. Um, But it is the most versatile plant ever on this earth it makes the clothes you can wear it makes the fiber you can lasso your horse with it makes the oils that can create tinctures it lubricates your your vehicles and it can make you high so i mean it's just it's a magic plant that should be revered and it should be cultivated with pride and all of those weird things that started with so many of the oil barons and so many other people that really vilified the cannabis industry. Those old things have to be forgotten and we need to move forward. So um, we're at that point in, this, in the uh, interview here where I ask all my guests a second standard question here. I ask you a stony story. Do you have a stony story for us? It could be anything. It doesn't have to be about you, Shauna. It could be about someone you know. You don't have to name names. Or if you really want to embarrass someone, you can name them. <laughs> I do, actually. Um, I was at an event, and I don't think he'll mind telling this, me telling this. Um, so I was at an event before the pandemic with a number of amazing humans, including Ricky Williams, Boo Williams, no relation, but also played in the NFL, Rohan Marley. I mean, just these amazing, awesome people. And we're doing what you do when you're together and having this community moment again before the pandemic. Mm. And I was, I typically wear really bright lipstick and Rohan was passing to me and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm wearing really bright lipstick because I was worried about getting it on the holder and being inconsiderate to the gentleman that I'm sitting with. Yeah. And he's already ahead of me in this mm-hmm. circle. And he goes, no, man, no, baby. It's cool. It's cool. One and one, eight, two, one and one is love. One and one is love. We all good. And I'm like, oh my God, did I just get a love is love from an actual Marley wow. during cannabis consumption? My life is complete in wow. this moment right here. I just got a love is love moment from a Marley with this amazing plant, with this amazing circle of advocates, that's it. I'm done. I can, I can tag out. <laughs> check, check out. That's a great one. That is it's certainly, it was not another brownie store. So thank God you throw that one out there. I love that one. Um, so obviously you've got the cannabis empire coming. You've got the fearless voice network. Do you want to plug anything else? Well, while, while we got you. 
No, I would just love to beg people to get involved. I do not pretend to know everything. I'm here as an amplifier for your voices and your stories. So please go to CannabisEmpire.tv, go to FearlessVoiceNetwork.com and tell me what should we be talking about? We are in production, but I'm telling you, we could be filming episodes for the next five years. You guys have so much knowledge to share with us. So don't wait for me to get it right or wrong. I'm begging you, please share your knowledge as openly as possible and help guide me because I'm trying to do the best I can to be an advocate for your space. And I just thank you so much for welcoming us. Right on. Um, good message. And uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Shauna has over 14 million views uh, worldwide. And so she has been putting out some really great content. Shauna, thanks very much for being here. And when you do finish uh, production, we'd love to have you back on to perhaps you've got some new stories that you'd really like to share. And I'm sure you're going to discover some real nuggets in that, in that dirt in the ground. So. Well, thanks for everything that you do, Latham. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you very much for being here. And as always, this show is brought to you by Shuggies. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S. Um, big, big change coming here. We've got the Stevie, we've got the sugar, we've got the home baker bag, but now we are getting a powdered agave with 1000 milligrams infused tincture, scoopable for your daily use. So your heavy hitters look for our Shuggies agave, 1000 milligram powder coming out to a dispensary near you. You asked for it, we gave it to you. Look for Shuggies at a dispensary. Thanks, Shauna. It's always great to see you and best of luck completing this series. Keep me informed. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.